Hey, Mason, I really need a good gift for my generic loved one. Any ideas? Oh, yeah, Andrew. I have the gift they need. If you sign up for GoDaddy's Economy Blogcast Package, you'll receive 1 gig of disk space, 100 gigs of bandwidth, recording tools, and much more. Whoa, with all those features, I'd guess that kind of package will run me at least $20 a month and be plastered with ads. You're wrong, Andrew. The Blogcast Economy Package is just $4.49 a month for 12 months. That's a deal and a perfect way to get your own website, blog, or podcast started. Oh, yeah, that is a deal. Plus... Enter code Muggle when you check out. Save an additional 10% on any order. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. What are you listening to after today's episode? How about a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up? Log on to www.audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast today for details. Because Andrew's anger is about to go through the roof, this is MuggleCast, episode 123, for December 9th, 2007. December, ladies and gentlemen, we're back for another week on the show, and Matt and Mike are here. Hi. Hey. We're down to the bottom of the barrel, so to speak, when it comes to MuggleCast ho-hos. <laughs> you're sweet. Ho-ho-ho. I'm in the merry mood. Um, everyone has given up on the show at this point. Laura is studying for finals. Eric is touring New Zealand for the 18th billionth time before he leaves. Jamie is finishing up school. Ben is busy. Kevin is nowhere to be found. And uh, it's just a mess. And I have to wonder, when people like Laura skip out on the show for one week just because of finals. Matt has finals next week, but is he dropping out? No! I have finals in two weeks! Am I dropping out? No! We don't turn off our MuggleCast recording boxes just because of finals, like Laura does! What is wrong? Well, I don't really care about my finals because I'm failing my class anyway, so... Exactly! Me too! Um, we have a great show for everyone mm-hmm. today. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Mike Damn it! <laughs> you were cutting me off like the one time I go second in 123 episodes. You went before me last time. I did. I, I always thought you liked going oh, last. Oh, so you want to go first this time? You go want ahead. sloppy seconds? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Micah Tannenbaum is in the MuggleCast News Center with the past week's top Harry Potter news stories. Hey, Micah! All right, thanks, Andrew. Actor Alan Rickman, who plays Severus Snape in the Harry Potter films, has recently donated two of his autographed scripts from Goblet of Fire, a signed headshot, and a Hogwarts Quidditch shirt to an online charity auction. This auction is to support artists for a new South Africa, which mainly strives to advance human and civil rights in South Africa, among many other objectives. Bidding ends on December 14th. Jim Hill Media, a new website blog that we should be getting used to hearing from, for theme park updates has a new entry, which reveals construction is now underway to prepare the area. 
It says, well, once it's been determined that the Universal Orlando Resort has a level working surface, which will actually be to support the weight of this several hundred ton structure, which is quite a concern in sinkhole-prone central Florida, then construction can then begin in earnest on Hogwarts Castle. With the first footings and foundation work getting underway in January, which will then be followed by vertical construction on this enormous show building in the late winter, early spring of next year. Additional updates and construction photos can be found on Jim Hill Media. As construction moves along, you can be sure to find the latest updates and complete information in the theme park section of MuggleNet.com. Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and Rupert Grint were all named some of the top earning 20 under 25 stars, according to Forbes magazine. Dan took the top honors for the male actors, landing the countdown at number 6, racking in $15 million. Emma came in 15th with $4 million, along with co-star Rupert, closely following at number 16. E Entertainment will have a one-hour special on this countdown on Saturday, December 22nd at 6 p.m. Eastern. And having shot a special piece on Wizard Rock back in June, MTV has now released a top 10 list of their favorite Wizard Rock fans. Finally, on Barbara Walters' 10 Most Fascinating People of 2007 special, J.K. Rowling was named the number one most fascinating and magical person of the year. The Harry Potter author also recently updated her site to recap the four months since the release of Deathly Hollows, answer questions surrounding Chapter 35, King's Cross, and provide information on Harry and Dudley's relationship, as well as the Elder Wand. That's all the news for this December 9th, 2007 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. All right, thank you, Micah. You're welcome, Andrew. I'm going to yell this entire show because I'm really frustrated over the lack of co-hosts. I think you need to calm down a little bit. Just a little bit, dude. I'm really worked up. MTV published a list of the top ten wizard rock bands this week. And um, it sort of sent the Wizard Rock community into a frenzy because uh, the Wizard Rock community does not like picking favorites, so to speak. And then MTV comes out with this list. And, you know, MTV sort of seen as the the face of the teenage music generation, so to speak. And um, not, many, not many people were too happy about it. I guess the 10 bands that did get a feature were happy about it. But uh, do you think this was a good idea for MTV? I don't think MTV really cares. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> They're all corporate. Um, and the list uh, showed some of our uh, some Wizard Rock bands that we're friends with, notably uh, Remus and the uh, the Remus Lupins, Alex Carpenter and the gang. Um, who else do we got? Uh, Harry and the Potters, Moaning Myrtles, The Outpost, Whomping Willows. You know, all good bands. Yeah. Who got number one? Um, oh, well, yeah, that's the one thing. Um, the band who got number one isn't even, I'm pretty sure it's not even officially a wizard rock band. Switchblade Kittens. Um, they didn't start <laughs> as a, don't laugh, come on. Um, Sorry. Come on, shh. Um, so <laughs> Switchblade Kittens, they started as a band that had nothing to do with Harry Potter. Then when their second album was released, it was a, it was it was about Harry Potter. So they got in this top ten list. I guess they got number one just because of profession at, per, how professional their albums are. It is a very um, professional studio feel if you give them a listen. However, they're not a real wizard rock band, and I seriously doubt they're the most popular. So whatever. I I don't think MTV did all their research on that one. But um, in other news, the trio uh, were three people out of a long list of people who were named the top young entertaining. Earners, if I sentence that right, <clears throat> Dan Radcliffe was, of course, number one. He earns, he has earned fifteen million, and the article says that's more than that's more than performers twice his age, like Jennifer Aniston and Sandra Bullock, and um, Emma Watson and Rupert Grint both earned four million apiece. So, Dan earned fifteen million, and Emma and Rupert just got four. Yeah, four apiece. Despite the fact that, in my opinion, they're just as important yeah. as the other, as Dan. The three are irreplaceable at this point. They were pretty much irreplaceable after the first movie. Right. Yeah. And I mean, then uh, a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, I should ch- say, there was even some controversy that Emma Watson was holding out for more money. I mean, oh. WB, WB would never, ever let her go. I mean, that, that would shake up. You know, if you're going to let her go... Heck, let let 
Dan Radcliffe and Rupert Grint go. You're already screwing up the trio. It just yeah. would not be Well, you be know what it was, really, is that Ben Ben wouldn't allow that to happen. So, and he, Ben would not let that happen. He has That's so right. much pull, too. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah. Speaking of pull, Andy McRae has just joined us. Good morning slash afternoon. Good morning, Andy. What time morning. is it over there in Australia? It's 1 p.m. Friday. Oh, nice. Wow. Wow, you are... God. You are, Are God. you guys living just in, like, one big time machine or something? How do you possibly live in the future? It's pretty good. I actually know what happens to you tomorrow, so it's good. That's... Really? What yep. happens? What happens? You, you put this show out, and everyone downloads oh. it. Wow, that's weird because I usually don't put the show out till Sunday. What is my mm. future self thinking? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, there wasn't really much other news this week. However, we would we did want to mention that the Golden Compass was released on Friday, and uh, there has been a little controversy following this book, just like Harry Potter, right, Matt? Yeah. Uh, well, not only Harry Potter, but um, like the Da Vinci Code. And any other movies? No, I would. I would well, say maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, the, when whenever there's religion even plugged into a movie, there's going to be some kind of boycott. Now, has anyone here read the Golden Compass? No, no. I was thinking dark. about it. Um, well, apparently, it hits religion more than Harry Potter does, and apparently, um, in the book, uh, well, the plot involves trying to kill God or trying to kill a god in the books. Right. Um, so that's, of course, stirred a lot of controversy, much more than Harry Potter should be getting. I mean, if, yeah. you know, Harry was trying to kill God, if God, if Lord Voldemort, if Joe called Lord Voldemort God and Harry was trying to kill God, then yeah, there would be a problem. But heck, a golden compass is even worse. And um, we have an article here that covers the controversy over the movie release. Um and in the movie, I quote the article, in the movie, the organization is tearing away people's... Is that demons? What, what yeah, is that it's, it's, it's demons. Okay. It's pronounced demons. Okay. In the movie, the organization is tearing away people's demons or souls to see what happens. Several groups are in opposition to the mysterious organization, uh, and many detractors think that the story is an allegory of the Catholic Church. So, um, you know, obviously it's still going to be released in theaters. It's still going to be big. It looks good, though. Yeah, I mean, looks, yeah. look at the cast. James Bond is in it. That's an automatic win. Yeah. Which James That's Bond? That's good. The guy who plays, I'm forgetting his name right now. Daniel Craig. Oh, Daniel Craig, yeah. The more recent <laughs> one. Then. Yeah, well, you know, the current Bond. Daniel Craig is in it. And uh, who's the who's the actress? co-starring with them. Nicole Kidman? Yes, Nicole Kidman. Yes. So it looks like a good movie. Who here is going to go see it? Who here wants to see it? Why not? I'm fairly curious. Yeah, it looks good. New Line Cinema from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. On all the previews, I I see fighting polar bears, so, you know, that has to equate to good movie time. Not just a fighting polar bear, a talking polar bear. Oh, wow. With armor. I think it's the same one from Lost. (laughs) (laughs) Is there, a giant black, is there a big black cloud in it as well? Yeah, it's like all this random stuff. Yeah, I hear the polar bear actually looks real in the Kitten Compass <laughs> compared to Lost, though. So that should be something to see. Did you guys go on the Golden Compass website to find your demon? No. Oh. What happens? Anybody else? Not yet. Am I the only dork who did it? <laughs> Clearly. Yes. Well, so you, mine did you find is... your demon? I did. It's a jackal. Ooh. What, what, is, is, is your demon like the equivalent of your Patronus? It's supposed to be your soul on the outside, I think. I'm not going to be sure because I don't want to, like everyone emailing, yelling at me for getting it wrong. But I know that um, your demon is usually of the opposite sex. Oh. Like, I, I guess maybe it's like your other half or something, maybe. I don't know. What if you're but, gay? <laughs> well, no, seriously, it's, it's, it's probably a phoenix. <laughs> <Just like that. laughs> well said, well said. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on to some announcements now. Hey, guess whose birthday it is? Hello, mate. J- yes, Jamie Lawrence <laughs> turns twenty-one. The big twenty-one. Uh, he turned twenty-one on Friday. Happy birthday, Jamie! 
Too bad he can't be here. Guess what he's doing on his birthday? Uh, don't <sighs> think that's allowed to be said. Yeah, I don't... Why not? It's it's legal in England. Oh. <laughs> well, it's legal here, but we don't talk about oh, it. Oh, true. It is... Yeah, he's <laughs> he's legal in the U.S. now. Although, technically, he's been legal in the U.S. since um, July 12th. Yeah, that's true. What? Because uh, on English uh, license, driver's licenses... The date format is backwards. It's day, month, <laughs> oh, that's year right. instead of month, day, year. <laughs> so, um, not that I'm going to suggest anything that he's been posing as a 21-year-old in the United States since July 12th. However, if someone were to look at his ID in the United States, he would th- they would think he was born July 12th, 1986, 87, 86. Yeah. <clears throat> so, basically, Americans are... Stupid. Stupid, yeah. Stupid, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, and uh, don't forget, we don't have any new updates, but we want to remind everyone that MuggleCast will be at Port- Portis at the Potter <laughs> Podcast we'll at Palooza Pork. at Portis. Peter Piper picked a pepper pickle. Uh, what was so funny, Matt? You said, I thought you said pork. Pork. We'll be at Porkus 2010. No, we'll be at Portis 2008. And we're going to have a great time podcasting. There's going to be a whole night of podcasting there at Portis. Visit hp2008.org for more details. Register today so we can see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be in Dallas, Texas. And a reminder, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like MuggleCast. On the Summer Road Tour, the co-host and I listened to a few audiobooks from Audible to pass the time. It was a fantastic listening experience and is a great way to do some reading. Log on to www.audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast to get a free audiobook of your choice when you sign up today. Again, it's www.audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast for your free audiobook. All right, now it's time to move on to Muggle Mail. The first email comes from Clint Eleven of North California. He says, Dear Muggle Casters, I'm somewhat of a new listener to the show, and I really like Chapter by Chapter. It's a great way to find out the little things that you've missed in the books. However, in the latest Muggle Cast number 122, which I thought was a very good one, I thought you left out one important part in Chapter 2 in Memoriam. It was the part when Harry steps on the teacup that Dudley left for him. Since Harry saved Dudley from the Dementors and Dudley saw what he really was, Dudley started being nicer to Harry. He didn't taunt him at all through Book 6. This just shows that Dudley really does have a kind heart deep down. The tea wasn't much, but it's the thought that counts. This is just another little fact, and I know it's hard to fit everything in. Thanks for taking the time to read this. Love the show, Clint. We actually, I know, I think Micah, you and Laura both thought about talking about this, but then we just didn't get to it. Well, is it really even relevant in that chapter yet? I mean... No, it's more in relevant. That chapter, in, the, yeah. in the next chapter. Right. Plus, in the- you in that chapter, you believe that it's a booby trap or something. You don't think that he's doing it to be nice. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess we'll, we'll discuss that um, in a little bit once we get to chapter by chapter today. Um, can I just say... Clint's 11 years old if he's not lying about his age, and he's a pretty good writer. He's the for best 11 writer. Years. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Most people leave out words and create sentences that right. don't make a whole lot of sense, but his was Actually, very he well spelled written. heart wrong. He spelled it H A E R T. That's okay. We'll Clint. give him a break. But he spelled memoriam. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next email comes from Megan 20 of Stillwater, Oklahoma. She writes uh, She writes in response to our discussion on Twilight last week. I'm listening to episode 122 right now, and I thought I would comment about the Twilight series. This series is very popular, and I heard about it from the former MuggleCast fan forums. I do not think that Twilight will ever take the place of Harry Potter because many people have never heard of the series. I know I hadn't until I joined the forums, and many stores do not have the huge release parties for the third book in the series like the stores have done for Harry Potter releases. However, I do think it is interesting to note that oftentimes on the forums, we would have random discussions about the Twilight series way more often than we would about Harry Potter. I even pointed that out once on the forums. When I pointed it out, most people told me that while it is true that we are slowly gravitating towards the Twilight series, Harry Potter will always have a special place in their hearts. Anyway, I just thought I would offer the perspective of a deeply loyal Harry Potter and Twilight fan. I love the show. Megan. Mm. So, uh, I wouldn't... I mean, if they're they're starting to gravitate to Twilight, great 
But I don't think that fandom as a whole is <clears throat> gravitating no, to any other series. I, the, a lot of, I, I, I think it's mostly just the girls will go to the Twilight. I mean, I looked a little bit about what Twilight the series was about. It's about a relationship between this um, between a, a teenage girl and this boy who uh, I guess is a vampire. Or something. And okay. there's this, and th- there must be this uh, endangerment to her now because there's something that's against the. F- I-, I have I don't know what's after that, but it it seems like it's a, a kind of a romantic novel, mm-hmm. but with magic. Did they have a m- mutual attraction? Um, well, it's not the mutual attraction that you think of when you first <laughs> hear about it. It's <laughs> I think the mutual attraction is more like they're outsiders oh, than demons. Okay. Yes. However, Matt. Um. Saul, 16 of Mesa, Arizona, would beg to differ, I think, about the whole Only Girls Read Twilight. Um, Because he writes, I was listening to episode 122 when you brought up the book Twilight. To quickly clear up any confusion, Twilight is a vampire romance novel, as Matt said, following the story of Bella Swan and the troubles that have aroused between her and her love, Edward. Just like in Enchanted. Anyway... (sighs) You guys said not too many guys read Twilight. Wrong! In all caps. Okay, what guy? I was guy reading these reads books. Twilight. I know, just one, one guy. guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong! Um, one guy, at least. <laughs> I was reading these books before they got quote unquote big. The author happens to be the sister in law of one of my teachers, so she had the chance to visit our school. I threw this off and said, So what? I regret this because shortly after I began to read these books and now love them, I soon found out that I wasn't close to being the only guy. Many, many, many guys actually read these books. I personally don't read them for the romance, but more for the adventure and suspense. So sorry, but you're wrong here. While most of the guys don't read them, many still do. Well, take away from Harry Potter, I won't lie when I say that can come extremely close to it. Twilight is quickly becoming the number one fan fiction and even threw Harry Potter off the bestsellers list. I doubt that it will amount to the size of our fandom, which I will forever be loyal to, but this is certainly becoming something huge. So in conclusion, yes, guys like this book and it's not just the Dumbledore like guys either. (laughs) Good point, Sal. Good point. Um, Okay. I don't know if I can still agree with that whole Twilight's becoming big because I've never heard of it before yeah. last well, week's show. What was interesting last week was I think all four of us um, were pretty sure that we had never heard of it before. I think Laura was the only one who had. So, And she's only heard of it because her friend. Yeah. A friend of her friend's cousin's sister's hairdressers. And this kid's only promoting it because his, his friend's sister-in-law is the one who wrote the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, on Amazon.com... It has an average customer review of four and a half stars, um, so it's definitely not a terrible book. John 15 from Oshawa, Ontario. Um, oh, what am I supposed to say? John 15 <laughs> of Oshawa, Ontario writes. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, <laughs> sorry. John 15 of Oshawa, Ontario writes. During chapter-by-chapter chapter segment, you guys discuss page 21, UK Canadian... Uh, page 15 American question mark with Elpheus Dodges' article. When you discussed our mutual attraction was undoubtedly due to the fact that we both felt ourselves to be outsiders. I noticed no sh- <laughs> no one mentioned the fact that the attraction could have been to the school, not each other. Huh. Everyone sort of seemed to have went straight to the whole relationship thing because Dumbledore's gay, which I'm fine with. He is, before any assumptions come to play. Anyways, just wanted to know what you guys thought on my point of view. Keep up the great casting. <laughs> I think Matt should just start reading every email now because he adds some character to it. <laughs> oh, I, I started trailing off. I know. That was, that my, was so funny. My, com- my computer dimmed for a second. I got oh. a little disoriented. And you were like, could have been to the school, not each mm-hmm. other. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I think that could definitely have been true. I think we did discuss other things, didn't we? I mean, it was kind of uh, overridden by the other mutual attraction that we spoke about. By the way, I'm sorry for being immature last week. That was that's inappropriate okay. of me. Yeah, that was pretty. That, was, uh, that that really hurt my feelings, Andrew. I won't do it again. Yeah. No, I hurt some listeners' feelings. I feel bad now. I need to grow up because I'm I th- doing a Harry Potter show. Yeah, Why should really. I be fun? Come on. Uh, last week, I remember Laura talking about how um, 
Doge had dragon pox. And so I thought mutual attraction had more to do with the fact that he, he was an outsider because he was diseased, at least in the beginning. And then Dumbledore was sort of his own person and probably didn't fit in much with anybody. So I, I think we did kind of explore that side of it. So that was all. Okay. Um, let's move on to chapter by chapter now. This week we'll be talking about chapter three in Deathly Hallows. It is the Dursleys departing. Everyone open up their box. Oh, man. And uh, basically what happens in this chapter, to summarize real quick, Harry leaves the Dursleys' house and the Dursleys feel a little emotional while leaving Harry. I mean, this is a big, this is another one of those the big uh, endings and in, in yeah, this, this was one of the highly highest anticipated chapters of the series you think so well up till book seven i mean when everyone was waiting for book seven to come out i think so yeah everyone yeah. wanting to see what um Aunt petunia would do or yeah oh that's true yeah because there's still the big question about Aunt yeah, petunia. And it could have been a bigger letdown right yeah, yeah. we didn't find out though we but jake you're later in the book Actually, we no, no. She did address. Now I'm remembering. She did address in the web chat later on that right. that she had different plans for Petunia, but then she changed her mind. Mm. So, um. Anyway, we'll go through our top five moments of the book this week that we do want to discuss. The first thing that we could take a look at is, you know, Harry's treatment in this chapter in particular is kind of reflective of the way he's treated throughout the entire course of the series whenever we see the Dursleys. And, uh, you know, the main thing that takes place that kind of shows this is the conversation that he has with uh, Vernon and sort of the exchange that they have with each other. Right. It's very, mm-hmm. you get you get a sense of the the feeling that Vernon's feeling that this is the last time it's a sad goodbye, and he's feeling a little emotional. You think he is? I don't know. I think so? I think he's full of it, to be honest with you. I think he <laughs> wants to get away from him as, as quickly as he possibly can. I think he's more worried can. about his... Sorry. I was just going to say, I think he's more worried about his and his family's safety rather than anything else. Yeah. I think he's just really, really um, just uneased because he's pretty much... He has no control of the situation, pretty much. And he's trying his best to kind of grasp a little firm hand on something, but he just Harry keeps taking him down. Yeah, but I mean, the reason I say that it might have been a little emotional for him because he did give Harry a handshake, and I, it was sort of Joe wrote it as if there was a little bit of an awkward moment there. Well, didn't he attempt Where- to give him a handshake? I don't think he actually did. I think he extended yeah, his to hand. No, no, he just atta- he just brought it. He lifted up his hand as if he was going to shake it. All right, and, and then he, he swung it like a pendulum. I think Joe wrote, just sort of like he backed down and swung it like a pendulum. So I don't know. I just got the sense that he was feeling a little. It's a big change, and I mean, obviously, at least Dudley was was feeling something. So I would think Vernon was too, if. I don't know. Maybe it's just being, you know, doing the formalities. Yeah, it's true. Like saying goodbye to a family member, even if you don't. Yeah, but I thought it was interesting that he doesn't even seem to believe anything that Harry says. And that's consistent, again, throughout the entire series. He's going back and forth in this chapter with Harry about, oh, well, do we really have to leave? I don't really think we have to leave. Why can't somebody else protect us? You know, why can't the ministry step in? And I, I think it's just more of his character than anything else that, you know, he's hesitant whenever this topic is brought up as far as the magical world is concerned. And he just doesn't seem to put any trust in Harry whatsoever that this is the right thing for them to do. But now's the time. This, this final explanation that Harry gives them where he lays out all the details of how Voldemort will probably come and torture them and try to get information about Harry's whereabouts. It's finally like the nail in the coffin for Vernon to decide, okay, time to really get out of here. This is serious. Well, it's sort of like the two worlds coming together, really. Yeah. 
and it, it runs parallel even to uh, to book one. I mean, we've talked about parallels and how how it's all symmetric, how it's all symmetrical, how one can relate to seven, two to six, three to four, and then five sort of parallel somewhere in there. Um, you know, the, the Dursleys had to leave in early on in Sorcerer's Stone, and now in the final book they have to leave again. But this time we don't follow them, and then we and we don't see them again. So it's just another another example of a parallel in the series. Anyway, moving along, I guess we could. Uh, we'll just jump down and then we'll go back. Um, but there's a conversation during the conversation with um, Vernon. Uh, there's a point where, you know, like you said, they were talking about Voldemort and possibly him coming and torturing them to try and get at Harry's whereabouts. And there's that moment in between the the two of them where Vernon and Harry are wondering the same thing: Would Harry actually come back to save? the Dursleys if for any reason they got in danger and right. I, I've always wondered that and, and I think that it would be it would make a really interesting uh, movie scene because you, you kind of have that interaction between and I hope they keep it in because uh, it, it's kind of important you know it, it's is it though I mean they always go for things that advance the plot and that's not really gonna advance the plot <laughs> You don't think so? I well, I mean, you're right. It's not. It's not going to do anything to the plot because they don't come back later in the movie. But I don't know. It, it, I think it would be kind of interesting to see the interaction between. Yeah, probably Vernon would probably give him like the big eye, and the long stare, like we've seen in in Chamber of Secrets when he's sort of looking upstairs, all angry, trying to wonder what the hell's going on up there with Dobby. Right. Yeah. And I think he would, though. I mean, what do you guys think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, he, they're family. I mean, that's that's his mother's sister and his cousin. And especially after this departure, which Harry left them, Harry left the Dursleys on an okay note. I mean, it wasn't a rude departure like some of the past books have been. So I think that would be even another reason for Harry to come back and be like, okay, I got to save these guys. They're my family. It's, it's- Probably just not the um, the closure that everyone was intending for. What do you That's think why. everyone was intending? So, uh, well, I, probably like Petunia would like flare, like fire her arms around Harry and say goodbye or something. Yeah, or tell her tell him something about his mother. Like she actually did love her her sister, which we kind of figured that out at the end of book seven. Yeah, when when we did the flashback, right. Yeah, well, and we'll talk about that at the end of this top five because we want to touch on uh, the where in this chapter where Petunia wants to say something to Harry, but she leaves. Go ahead. So. No, I was just going to continue on talking about, you know, when Daedalus Diggle and Hestia Jones show up to escort the Dursleys. Um, it's, it's a lot of the same. It's a lot of what we've seen before, typical, you know, Dursley fashion of... of you know, Vernon referring to uh, both of them as, as Harry's lot and, and that kind of a thing. Just him being ignorant. And even though, like, Andrew, you were talking before about how this is supposed to be a little bit more of an emotional chapter. And, you know, he's supposed to maybe be showing a little bit more compassion. And really, there's a lot of things that takes place when, you know, those two are there that would kind of show that, in fact, Vernon is still the same old person. After all. And- oh, yeah. And I think with tempers running high, especially in Vernon's case, I think Vernon was looking for any excuse to get angry at these these two random wizards suddenly coming into his house, even though he knew they were going to arrive. Right. And, um, I mean, I think they were kind of taken a little bit aback when, I forget who it was that said it, but they referred to the Dursleys as Harry Potter's relatives, as opposed to... You know, Harry sort of being a possession of the Dursleys, which he has been for so long. You know, I, I guess they were almost insulted that they were referred to as, as something like that. Did you guys get the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, we talked about Vernon's attempted handshake and how he kind of, you know, went for it, but then backed off. I thought that was that's, a little bit messed much. up. But I thought that was pretty much as good as you're going to get from him. Yeah. It's just like I don't know. You're you're letting go of your nephew, 
for the last time. Don't, can't, why not? Why not? I mean, and it seemed like nothing was going wrong as of late. Vernon's always been sort of a little angry at him, but it, mm-hmm. I just don't maybe, understand why. Maybe when he just reached out his hand to give him a handshake, he just, this, all of a sudden, he just started feeling really weird about it and just stopped. Yeah. Because there's always that awkward feeling you have with maybe a family member or you're, you've been angry with or a friend and you don't want to be that nice to them to give them the wrong impression. <laughs> I speak uh, from experience. <laughs> I was going to just ask that. <laughs> Um, Not really, actually. Or a high five. Or a high five. I mean, more of the same. Mm-hmm. Hestia Jones was shocked uh, that the Dursleys don't really appreciate who Harry is. You know, yeah. they, 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 she seems taken aback by the whole fact. And I think we've seen that happen at other points throughout the course of the series where, you know, wizards who have come to the Dursley home, or even Hagrid and, you know, Sorcerer's Stone when he finds out that Harry doesn't know anything about his parents, it's more of the same, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, and then... I mean, you know, that's just a, an example of how these two wizards are coming in from, from, you know, from the wizarding world and just walk into this muggle house and they have no idea how the, how the Dursleys act towards each other or towards Harry, so, you know... I think there's a reasonable excuse for for flipping out like they did, you know, just over Petunia when she consoled Dudley and not Harry. I, th- I thought that was hilarious. I-, I hope they put that in the movie. So that's going to be a funny scene. Yeah. I hmm, I just I wonder if this whole scene, maybe at the end of each chapter, we should discuss. We should start discussing like if it's all going to be kept in or not. And that could be interesting to talk about, too. Right. Yeah, I'm afraid this may be cut really short, if kept in at all. Yeah, all right. I reckon this is... I mean, well, I mean, oh, technically, oh, I it's not really connected to the main plot of the story. Right. They cut it down so much. I mean, the whole ending battle is going to have to take up, like, a half hour alone. Yeah, so. I, I'm afraid this chapter, this chapter might be cut. Yeah, it doesn't... I mean, they got cut from Order of the Phoenix and probably from... Half book prints. I don't know if I know they haven't been officially confirmed for being on board with the movie, so I don't know. We'll they, see. I think they may put the that in half blood prints because it, it just it's a weird place to start after right after that scene in yeah. the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Well, if you think back to the fourth movie, there's that sort of comical scene with the the whole fireplace thing, and they just got rid of that completely. So right. Oh, I, I loved that scene. I loved that scene. Mm-hmm. That scene was so good. Yeah, it Go was. On. <laughs> well, just wait another 80 years for the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, moving on to point three now? Sure. I mean, we've basically spent the first half of this talking all about Vernon, and we haven't focused on anybody else. So I guess let's talk a little bit about Dudley in this chapter, because he's really the one that shows the compassion Nobody else does. So, I mean, what did you guys think? He's the one that ultimately makes the decision to go with the order, and Harry knows that since it's him that's making the decision, that they're going to be safe and they're going to go because anything that Dudley says goes. And Right. Um, you know, first I was really surprised by the scene, and then... You know, now thinking back on it, I think I even talked about it on our re- initial reaction show. I was like, what? What? This came out of nowhere. Why is Dudley something like this? But now I realize, you know, in the whole grand scheme of things and the whole, uh, you know, the theme of this book is just a, a big, nice goodbye from everyone. Um, I think it was it was it was nice that it ended on this note with Dudley mm-hmm. finally realizing, finally being the person he should be, finally respecting Harry for who he is. Um, you know, like we said, the teacup. Dudley, maybe, does, did it say in the book if he leaves it there like every morning? Or was um, it just that I don't morning? think so. Maybe it was just that morning because Dudley knew they were com- coming close to an end. But, you know, Dudley's reaction is just amazing. You know, he says, he says, where, where he, where's he going to go? Why isn't he coming with us? You know, and those were obvious questions, but it sort of made me think that Dudley just wanted to wanted to stall to sort of 
maybe not spend more time with Harry, but maybe try to convince or try to talk him into coming with him or something. Or maybe it was just that Dudley felt safer with Harry by their side. It's possible. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you don't really know much about him in, in, in book six. I mean, this could have been like two years of, of like soul searching or like he, he may have realized that maybe Harry is pretty good and he's a pretty good guy to be around or something. Yeah. Respect him, Dudley. <laughs> I know the the dude saved his life. True. R E S P C T. His, his soul. Sorry, his soul. Yeah. And plus, uh, he's lived with him for seventeen years. It's or about that. I mean, it, you live with somebody for that long a period of time. I mean, plus their family. Regardless, I mean, there's still going to be some sort of connection between the two of them. And it's really nice to know that Harry actually has an actual relative that he's friends with or at least fr- a, yeah exactly well acquainted with right that's his that's his only relative who's a friend on good terms with on, yeah. yeah yeah i would consider them friends i mean i don't know they're, if, they're family you can't yeah, be friends with your family well you can be you can not like your cousins or you could like your cousins or let's just say they have a mutual attraction okay that's a good way to put it in a mature way a mature way yes um so let's see what else uh oh oh dudley said this was my favorite line in the book or in the chapter um he doesn't think dudley's a waste or he does dudley does not think that harry is a waste of space that was the most surprising thing to me when he when he first said it i was like what you actually believe that and then dudley explains but I think Dudley was feeling all of this. Can, can is it fair to say that Dudley was feeling emotion in this chapter? Maybe Vernon wasn't, but Dudley was. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because Dudley was sort of like I said, I sort of felt like he was stalling or he was trying to get something more out of Harry. But you could tell Dudley was sad to see him go. He wanted Harry to come with, and. He's a friend of Harry's, and he loves him for saving his life. I mean, anyone if you if you if you absolutely hate someone, and then they save your life out of the kindness of their heart, even if they were the only one who knew how to, or even if they were just there, you know, you still love the person. You still got to yeah. give them a lot of respect. And then at that point in time, I think Dudley realized, hey, wizards can do cool things, powerful things that change lives. Mm-hmm. Well, not not only that, but I mean. Dudley and Harry have lived in the same house their entire lives, and probably Dudley was afraid that this will be the last time he'll ever see him. Right. Yeah. And he's, I mean, no matter how many times he's he's kicked him or or made fun of him or I saw water, water under the bridge, water under the bridge. Yeah. And it's it's probably you know just you don't see the fact that you, he probably will never see him again is probably. Not something that he likes to face. Right. And you would get that feeling with any family member, I think. And that's a, that's a hard thing to comprehend. Yeah. It's I mean, a, he's his cousin. Yeah. I mean, any friend or family member, as long as you have some sort of connection to them, and you realize you're never going to see them, that's, that's sad. Yeah. Well, and aren't they, like, the only relatives of their generation in their family? Does he, Dudley have any other cousins? I don't think, not that we know of. I, you know, and they're not blessed like us. We have we have the wonders of iChat and Max. What do they have? They can't video chat with each other. They have iChat. No, they don't. No, they don't. I'm talking about Max. Max have iChat, but wizards don't have Max, so they don't have oh. iChat. Yeah, but they have flu powder. If A can't equal B, and B can't equal C. A can't equal C. They can apparate. This has been the Matt and Andrew Show. Oh, back to you, Mike and Andy. <laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 we don't even know what to say anymore. We're just I know. We're so floored by that discussion. Well, it started good. It was pretty well, sweet. Was it the Dementor attack that caused hair that caused Dudley to act this way? Yes, right. Yeah, sure. I think it's what caused him to act that way. I mean, what else would? In, in all actuality, and I know we'll talk about it in a minute. But what J.K. Rowling. Um, said that Dudley saw when he was attacked by the Dementors, but I think that that probably had the biggest effect on him, and that probably caused his change. I mean, Matt said before we we really didn't see 
much of Dudley uh, interacting with Harry in books uh, six. So um, he had a lot of time to think about what happened. And uh, I think in that time, he probably realized, you know, the past treatment of him, of how he treated Harry was wrong. And probably why we saw a different thing in this chapter in book seven. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. No, no, you, I insist. All right. um, I was just going to say, I guess the Dementor attack is like the thing that made the whole thing really real. It was the first interaction sort of Dudley had between Harry's world. I don't know. It kind of... That's a good point. It was real fear, not just talk, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, but it's still like, you know, you're still losing your family member. As much as you may have despised them, you know, and Petunia, as we're going to get to in a minute, and Vernon, they're all sort of weary about it. They weren't too sure what to think, I think. Do you, do but you think they really... That- do you think they know there's a possibility Harry's going to die? Like a real possibility? I think Petunia, um, I wonder if that dawns on them. I think Petunia does, yeah. Maybe not yeah. the other two as much. Yeah. And I don't think, quite honestly, I don't think Vernon would care. I, I really don't. I don't really think he would. Um, you know, he's more concerned, like even the stuff that he talks about in this chapter, you know, what is he going to do? As far as a job, what is Dudley going to do as far as school is concerned when they go another place? I don't think, despite this argument that it's still family, I don't think Vernon really gives the rats, you know what, about Harry. Behind. Yeah, exactly. I don't think he cares about Harry. I, it, it may be a little bit, but not enough to to care where he's going or what he's going to be doing. Yeah. So do you don't think he genuinely just deep down loves him like you would a family member? Because, like, everyone loves their family. You may not like a member of your family, but you still might love them. Right. Especially one that you live with. Who saved your life. Who is close to you. Well, no, I'm talking about Who? Vernon. I mean, oh. technically he is oh. saving his life. <laughs> Never mind <laughs> Does Vernon really even see Harry as family when it boils no, down I don't, to it? Yeah, hmm. I don't think so. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah. He doesn't give a rat's behind, and he's just—he's just—he's just a pain in the butt. I mean, think of all this. Like when I was reading this chapter, and you know, they were telling Vernon what was going to happen. You know, how they were going to transport him. Does Vernon really want to deal with that? I mean, I would be so ticked. I'd be like, why did I take this guy in? Why didn't I just leave him on a doorstep? Why did I bring him in? And I, now I had to deal with all this for so many years now. Yeah. You know, I think I think Harry's situation was mainly due to Petunia. Because I'm thinking that the night that they took him in, there was probably a quarrel between Petunia and Vernon. And she probably won that saying he stays. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's the one if who told remember, him he stays in book five. Right. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. If you remember in book five, Vernon told Harry to get out. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good point. She may be the one who's <laughs> who has the upper hand in the family, probably. You know. Oh, oh, she's definitely the dominant. Person yeah, she, she's the alpha female lady. Yeah, thing. <laughs> Check. Gal. She uses the. Word. Uh, now back to something that Micah did uh, bring up earlier. What did Dudley see when he was attacked? And Jake Rowling addressed this. She said, "I think that when Dudley was attacked by the Dementors, he saw himself for the first time as he really was. This was an extremely painful, but ultimate." ultimately salutary lesson and began the transformation in him. You know, whenever people have a, have a near death experience, it seems like that's when they realize, you know, their place in the world. And that's exactly what it was for Dudley. That was a near, near death experience. I mean, you always hear these stories about people who are this close to death and then they, you know, they survive and then they see the light. You value life more once you know it's nearly taken away from you. Right, yeah. And especially the people who save you. <laughs> this, and I know Andy kind of touched on it before, but I think this made also everything real for for Dudley. You know, the magical world up until this point, you know, the, the people that he encountered weren't necessarily negative people. But I think this kind of put everything into perspective for him. Right, yeah. And lastly, the final point we wanted to bring up today, Petunia wanted to say something to Harry before she left. 
Uh, she paused as she was walking out. She turned around and she opened her mouth a couple times, but then decided not to say something. Um, and Jake Rowling is quoted as saying, I think that for one moment she trembled on the verge of wishing Harry luck that she almost acknowledged that her loathing of this, of his world and of him was born out of jealousy. Since Joe didn't yeah. realize, I said earlier that Petunia wanted to go to wizarding school. Cause we find that out later in the novel. Right. And you know, from Petunia, I could have expected maybe a hug because that's the last part. Of, or just a, a pat on the back. Even. <laughs> yeah. Or a wink. Um, a wink and a smile. Yeah, yeah, it was the last last part of her family, of of Lily. That that was the last part of Lily, and then she just lets him go without saying a thing. It's a bit harsh. Doesn't she have any it sort is. of motherly feeling? Exactly. Yeah. We did get a few listener emails this week, but now that we look back on them, we actually did cover them all in all of this discussion. Uh, one came from Bit- Brittany, 13, of Las Vegas. One came from Robert Andereg, 17, of Adesa, Ad- Ad- Texas. And uh, the last one came from Emily and Ashley, 16, of Missouri. So thanks to them for emailing in. Uh, but, and, but we answered your question today. And thanks to everyone who's been emailing in. Lots of feedback about this segment and about future chapters. Uh, you know, So we have some extra things to talk about. Let's get now to quote quiz, 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 or quote, quote, quiz, 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 quiz. Do you guys get it? It's like an echo, like we're in a tunnel or something. Oh, I just just cut my mouth and I go quote quiz, 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 quiz. I'm actually going to go in a tunnel and record that someday. It'll be, it'll sound pretty cool. This quote comes from chapter four, the seven potters. The quote is, is, is hold on, Harry. This'll do for him. Hold on, Harry. This'll do for him. Who said that quote? And who was he talking to? <laughs> what do you mean, who was he talking to? <laughs> I know, it's a joke, Micah. Thank you. Anyway, next week, we will be discussing the Seven Potters. It's the uh, chapter where Harry takes his big journey to safety. I think that that was such a clever plan. I just loved reading that because it was so clever. It was so joke. Fun. I'm really scared for that scene in the movie, though. They're going to butcher it. Oh, oh, heck yeah. Hedwig's not even going to die. She's <laughs> just going to reprieve her character. Yeah. In the, no, you're, in the distance, you're just going to see like a, a cloud of feathers. Just like burst <laughs> right. in the air. Yeah, very small special effects in the background, just so they can keep it in. It's going to be like five frames long. Nobody will notice, but then when everyone complains, they'll be like, it was there. It was sure, but it was there. Just like, what's that character? Dobby in book four, movie four. Yeah. The camel elf, whatever it was. It's time now for a chicken soup for the Muggle Cast Soul Foreign Edition. Uh, chicken soup comes from Yavid Mohammed, 21 of Trinidad and Tobago. He says, hey, Muggle Casters. I'm probably the only Trinidadian listener you have, but then again, I may be wrong. Anyway, I'd like to thank you all for the great job that you all are doing. The MuggleCast podcast has really opened up my eyes to the finer details of the Harry Potter series that I would have just skimmed across, even if I had read them multiple times. The podcast has really made me appreciate the Harry Potter series much more, and I find myself telling others who read the books to listen to you guys and gal to get a deeper understanding of the books. Again, I would like to thank you for all the stupendous effort you placed into this podcast and keep up the good work for it's well appreciated worldwide. Um, I hate to burst your bubble, but you are not the only listener from Trinidad. Uh, I'm just searching my email right now and it looks like there's maybe four other people. It was still a heartwarming message. Andy. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It was a very nice message. Yeah. Thank you for sending that in. I'm just saying, there are a few listeners. We have listeners everywhere. It's awesome. Can you guys believe you're talking to people in Trinidad right now? And Tobago? Actually, and yeah. Tobago? And Germany and Sweden and Portugal and Hawaii and and Pennsylvania? No. Brazil. It's amazing. This Don't we have a lot of people from Brazil? Uh, yeah. I remember that for some reason. I don't remember Brazil, Australia, from. we got a big audience in. Um, 
Yeah, Germany. Do we still get numbers and stuff from different countries or no? Yeah, we have we have statistics. Let's see. I'm looking up uh, the top countries right now. We'll go through them real quick for kicks. Um, number one, United States. Number two, Canada. Number three, United Kingdom. Number four, Australia. Number five, Germany. Number six, Mexico. Number seven, Norway. Eight, India. Nine, Sweden. 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 Uh, ten, China. Eleven, New Zealand. Netherlands. Ireland. Japan. Philippines. France. Singapore. Brazil. Denmark. And other countries. That's the order. That's pretty cool. Sweet. Yeah. People Sweet. from everywhere. Um, we should promote that uh, that survey link because that's how we got those statistics, and um, we haven't had that link up for over a year, so that's probably very outdated. But it's probably still follows the same pattern. Anyway, I think that just about does it for this week's episode of MuggleCast, episode one twenty three. It's time to remind everyone about our contact information. If you'd like to send us some parcel mail, you can always mail it to MuggleCast PO Box three thirty one fifty one, Cumming, Georgia three zero zero two eight. If you would like to leave us a voicemail, comment, or a question, you can call the MuggleCast hotline numbers. If you're in the United States, you can dial one two one eight twenty magic. If you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial zero two zero eight one double four zero six double seven. And if you and if you're in Australia, you can dial zero two eight double three five double Six, eight. You can also Skype the username MuggleCast. Just remember, no matter how you call us, keep your message under a minute and eliminate as much background noise as possible. We're still working on the getting voicemails back. We will soon, I promise. You can also visit the MuggleCast website at MuggleCast.com for a handy feedback form to contact any one of us. Well, and by us, I mean myself and Micah. If you'd like to contact Matt, it's MatthewB at staff.mugglenet.com. Andy can be reached at webmaster at harrypotterfanzone.com. We also have several community outlets over at MuggleCast website, the MuggleCast website. We got MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, Frapper, Frapper, MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, Frapper, Last.fm, and the fan listing. You can also dig the show at dig.com for us once a month at Podcast Alley. And rate and review us at Yahoo Podcasts. Again, all this information can be found at MuggleCast.com. I want to say next week will be our DVD review show, 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 show. <laughs> so email in oh, your what? What DVD? What DVD? Uh, the Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix two disc DVD is coming out next week, a month after Australia and England got it. <laughs> Matt, will you Ridiculous. be getting it? I know huh? it is. Matt, will you be purchasing it on Tuesday, December eleventh? Um, I maybe no. Really? I don't know. Maybe it's worth a shot. Okay. Know. Well, we have a review show, and if you want to be on it, you gotta watch the DVD. How about oh. you, Micah? Uh, yeah. Hopefully, I get the deluxe edition this time because last time I went for <gasps> Goblet of Fire, I got the wrong one. Yeah. Hopefully, so. you don't delay seeing it or buying it doing two that? months. That what the thing they did with um Goblet of Fire DVD? Like they have the one disc that just has nothing. Oh, yeah, who buys yeah. that? I know who does buy who that. Did? It's like a five dollar price difference too. It's I amazing. I remember. I remember when I bought Sorcerer's Stone. I bought it on VHS. <laughs> oh, so did I. Wow. wow. Check I had out to go my... replace it the other day. Wrecked really? my collection. Like you buy a DVD? Because then... like I got four DVDs and then this one fat box thing. Doesn't oh look... yeah, yeah I know. I remember the deleted scenes were at the end of it too. You, so you had to fast forward past the credits. <laughs> Like, wow, this is cool. Wait till the end of this feature presentation for a bonus scene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they said it in that uh, in that voice, too. Yeah, that was yep. actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, we will be reviewing the DVD next week. We might take a break from chapter by chapter, unless we just make it a really long show. Um, I'd rather lean toward skipping chapter by chapter for one week. And one more but, thing. Uh, Can I just... Well, hold on. Let me just finish this thought. Okay. Send in any feedback you have about the DVD to MuggleCast at staff.mugglenet.com so we can read your feedback about it. You know, comment about the special features, all that. I'm sure most of you will be getting it Tuesday, as will we, and then we'll review it later in the week and put the show out over the weekend. Yay. All right. I just wanted to say we get probably close to between five and ten emails every single week asking about older episodes um, and yes. how people are new to the show and they can't find older episodes. There's an episode section on MuggleCast.com. You can directly download all of our older episodes. So please go there to find them. 
We know that they don't show up in iTunes. Uh, that's because our feed is not big enough to house all of the episodes. Right. So if you want older episodes of MuggleCast, go to the episodes section uh, on MuggleCast.com. Yeah, the thing with a feed is that if you put too many episodes on it, the file gets too big. And when every single person using iTunes um, is checking that feed, iTunes checks the feed like every hour or so. So when you have like 50,000 people checking that feed every hour, that can uh, run up a lot of bandwidth. So we keep the file size smaller so that way we don't have to you know, worry about a lot of bandwidth being taken up. So that does it for this week's show. Once again, I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Mike Tannenbaum. I am Matt Britton. And I'm Andy McCray. Andy and Matt, thank you for joining us this week. We will see everyone next week for episode 124. Bye-bye. Um, Matt, I think Jonathan Malfoy, 12 of Nashville, Nashville would beg to differ, though. Oh, really? Because, he says in our next email, I would like to inform you that I will not be listening... Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, did someone... T- <laughs> wait. <laughs> I put an email in here about, um... Micah, did you take it out? No. I didn't... I don't even know where this email came from. I am absolutely positive I put an email in here from a guy listener that reads Twilight. Hold on one second. I start it in my Gmail. I know. Um, yeah, because I don't You're act immature now. ever on the show. So, um, yeah. I'm, I can't talk, but... Um, you're, you're, you're not that 17-year-old kid whose voice breaks every two seconds now, Andrew. You're now an 18-year-old man whose voice cracks. <gasps> whose phone is that? Cruise your phone! Get it! Oh. We haven't had a phone ring for like over a hundred episodes. We were on a roll. What happened? <laughs>